sometimes just a minute like this will really make a difference. So I don't know if you love Fred Rogers like I love Fred Rogers. So yeah, I think it costs $6,000 a year to make the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Show. And it really looked like it. And, uh, and, but the beauty of the message that he brought, in fact, there's a documentary on Netflix. I hope you'll watch it. Or is it actually, is it on Netflix? It's on pretty much everything right now. And, um, and the story of how someone can actually bring peace in the midst of troubled times is something we need to learn from again, my friends. I mean, we, we have a deep need in this moment in time to learn what real power is about. And power comes in so many packages, and it does not come through vitriol and mean speak and sword words and tit for tat and, you know, quid pro quo. Yeah, you know what I mean. It comes through the people of God who are willing to lay down their swords. In fact, one of the prophets said to beat your swords into plowshares and your spears into pruning hooks. I actually um, was on a retreat a couple of weeks ago and somebody had a, a gun that was beaten into a garden tool. And they actually have this, this wonderful gift of making these tools. In fact, they'll take people's guns that have been used for violence and beat them into garden tools. You can take a look at it. I think it's called rawtools.com. Um, I, I want to say that we live in a time where we just need to understand that violence begets violence. And we can become the instruments of peace. Amen? This is not a political statement. I, I am... I am grateful for the right to bear arms. Don't hear what I'm not saying. What I am saying is that Jesus came and gave us the ability to find peace where there is no peace. And then he wants us to be the kind of people that are able to face what is ugly in the world and bring the beauty of God. And so you can never cast out the devil with the devil. Do you know that that's a scripture? Right? And so when someone has fighting words, you're not going to help them by fighting back with fighting words. Find the words of God that can actually make the enemy quiet down. Right? All right. Well, welcome. So were you guys all looking for a really encouraging word today? Well, I'm going to bring you a really hard word. Is that okay? I hope it'll encourage you. But I think what's really important in times like this is we're not just, you know, we're not just pretending things are not happening, but that we actually are addressing the hard things in our word, world. We don't have to actually even name them one by one. But what we do want to do is name what God is doing in the world one by one. Amen? All right. Talk back to me now. So the story of my life has been going on for four weeks now, and today I got assigned the wonderful gift of talking about ultimate power. I did not choose the title, but it chose me, and I'm happy about that. Um, would you consider yourself, I'm just wondering, would you consider yourself to be a powerful person? All right, we got that immediate. Was that from our boxer in the back? Oh, it was Brian, all right. So, um, yes, you are. Can you say, yes, I am? Would you consider yourself to be a person of influence? Yes, you am. Right? And I want to know what you're doing, how you're using the power you have. 
Because wherever you are, you have power in your family, you have power in your church, you have power in your community, you have power with the people you're connected to on social media, you have power in things that you're giving your life's work to. And there are at least nine ways to bring power. It doesn't show up all the same way, right? You know, some people say, how can I bring peace? Some say, how can I fix this for you? How can I help you? What can I do that would be effective? What creativity or beauty is desired? Is there something I can learn or share? How can I bring loyalty? How can I, what would bring joy? Or who, what is unfair and needs my power? So what would you, is there one line on that that you might resonate with that when you walk into a situation you say, well, how can I help? Or how can I fix this? Or how can I be productive? How can I do something productive? Or how can I make this ugly situation beautiful? You know, I always laughed at my sons. Rather than cleaning their bedroom, they lit a candle to get rid of the smell. It was just fascinating. But, you know, they were always looking for a way to, you know, bring their power. And, And so you have a way to bring power. If you know your Enneagram type, you're probably pretty clear which, uh, which of those questions walks around with you. But who is the most powerful person you know? I just want you to think about this for a minute. And just, you don't have to say it out loud. Um, in fact, I'd prefer you didn't. Uh, but just in the silence of your own soul, just think of who is the most powerful person you know. Not someone in history, not someone in Washington, not someone in Europe, but who is the most powerful person you know? You know. Now I'm going to ask you, have you ever seen someone use power in a negative way? And everybody said, Lord, have mercy. A couple times. Have you ever seen someone use power in a positive way? And can you say, yeah, that's awesome. That's what I want to see more of, power used in a positive way. I mean, we can all come up with historical figures who could, you know, exemplify both of these realities, right? We've seen negative power. We've seen the most powerful positive power in the world used by people who allow God to work through them. And we're attracted to it. I don't know if you know this or not, but Fred Rogers was a Presbyterian pastor, right? Dr. King was a Baptist pastor. I don't know if we realize those things. I mean, these were people who their core values were found in Scripture. They were found in the life of God, like, they didn't just go out here looking for it, you know? It was, it was the life of God on the inside of them that caused them to be instruments of peace, that caused them to be instruments of hope, profound hope. I mean, when, when I think of the people that are the most powerful, they're people who bring me hope in dark times, not people who add to the darkness, but people who light a candle. Amen? Amen. It is one of the reasons that we we offer a way to pray with candles. It's like, just remember, one little candle can dispel darkness. And you are that candle in your world. This is not a lie. You are able to bring light in your classroom, at your job site, in your marriage. You know, when people come to us and say, you know, I really, I, I really want to be able to let my marriage heal. Well, we'll say, well, how about you light a candle? How about you be that light, right? Try to, try to light a candle there. Even if you, you got all darkness going on over here, light that candle. Or someone who said to us, you know, I don't have any friends. It, it, there's this wonderful proverb that says, to, to have friends, show yourself as friendly. I mean, there's something you learn in kindergarten. 
right? And so when we actually learn ways to engage people, we will discover the power within us. We'll discover the goodness of God that is resident on the inside of every human being. They may just not have awakened to it yet. And finding that, finding that light in them to help them find the way. And by the way, it's not all your job. If it can't happen, it can't happen. I've known people who've tried for years and years and years to light their candle and their house has gone up in flames. They've lit it up so much. But the reality is, is that we want to be people that display God's power wherever we can. So I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to read a scripture. Unless you're not able to stand, you can sit. And we're going to read the scripture and we're going to take 30 seconds of silence afterward. And that might feel like a long time for you. But what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity to hear the scripture with your inner voice. Can you all say inner voice? Yeah. You are made in God's image and likeness and God speaks through scripture. So there might be a word that captures you, a phrase. It might just be a picture in your mind that happens as we read the scripture. And will you just take it in as a gift from God? You don't have to go looking for it. Trust me, a word, a phrase, or a picture is possible with this passage. And when you receive it, just take time and just breathe and say, God, is there anything you want to show me this week from your words of life? The scripture is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 13. It was just before Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not understand, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, everyone was not clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is God's word for us. Amen. You can be seated. So maybe you're wondering why we would talk about foot washing when we're talking about power. Maybe you'd wonder what in the world is the power in taking the dirty feet of these Middle Eastern men who've been walking through the desert, getting dusty and dirty. You might wonder if you know anything about Jewish history that even Jewish slaves didn't wash feet. Only the Gentile slaves washed feet. There was also another group of people that washed feet. They were women for their husbands or children for their parents. So there's this idea of either race or gender that is connected to the people who would actually touch feet and wash them. And Jesus is saying, you don't get this right now, but you will later. I don't know if you heard that word, but that is such a lovely word. I love that Jesus will demonstrate something, and then he'll say, you don't get it right now, but you'll get it later. Right? I am washing your feet like a slave. I'm washing your feet in ways that people who have a high power position would never do. But I'm taking the seat of a slave in your midst. I actually want to be in solidarity with the people that you think are not as good as you. I'm washing your feet. I think that's amazing. Because what we could do if we read a scripture like this is we could say, who do I think is lower than me? And could I wash their feet? Who do I have hard words, sword words against? And could I wash their feet? Like my my Jesus, my Savior, the one that has the humility that is the Son of God. The Bible says Jesus emptied himself and took on the role of a slave. I I have to tell you, I think that might be why when people are in the hardest circumstances of their life, they can learn to sing to God because they know that Jesus is in solidarity with them. Like, I am with you in the hardest places of your life. When people don't see you, when people don't esteem you, when people think you are less than them, oh, no, I'm right down here with you. 
the Savior, the Creator of the world. That's power, my friends. When I think about the fact that Jesus taught his disciples how to worship, like took them to temple to worship, he taught them how to walk. They walked with him for three years. When he taught them how to work with him, he worked with these disciples, about 70 of them, for three years. Men and women, poor and rich, uh, who would be called sinners and others who were the best of the best. I think about the fact that Jesus was teaching us about our influence in our family and on our job, that our influence could actually take on the form of a servant, and that we could serve the people that maybe even don't see us the way they should see us. See, I think it's amazing, you know, um, Jesus is just, I don't even know what word to use. I, I think um, when, I, when I heard one time T.D. Jake said that Jesus was bad, you know, as an African-American colloquialism. He said, actually, the Jewish people had it first. Jesus was terrible. Like, they would say God was terrible. Oh, God is terrible. It wasn't meaning that God was terrible. Like, we would say it means Jesus was rocking the kind of soul-shifting, seismic undercurrents of a culture to say, I'm wrecking it, people. And I'm going to wreck it for you to ever think you're better than someone else. I'm going to actually put myself in the lowest position so you get rid of any kind of pride that puffs up. I think that's amazing. And it hits me right in my heart because there are times when I am not on the floor. And you are too. I, this week, Scott and I, we were, um, you know, if you, many of you know that this church is a part of the Michigan Human Trafficking Task Force. And so this week we were at Saginaw Valley State University and we were serving the people who were bringing a terrible word all week long. It was amazing. And, and we got to be like servants to them. I mean, Scott was driving people to airports that work with trafficked young men in Boston right? I got to carry the bag of the woman who was training law enforcement on how not to re-victimize victims by learning how to interview victims in ways that help them heal. I, I have to tell you, it was a room full of um, opportunities to get on the floor and serve people. And the best service that happened was in a moment where we were, uh, Scott was on a panel and I was moderating this panel, and somebody from one of the tables said something that was just not sensitive. Uh, and one of the survivors, I, they didn't know she was a survivor of human trafficking, but I, I did. And her face just fell when this person said it. And then she asked a question. She said, and what do I do about, and she asked a question. And... Um, and I knew in that moment it was my time to get on the floor and serve this survivor. That even though this higher ranking person said something insensitive, and if I was thinking of politics, I would have made sure that he looked good. But I knew it was time to get on the floor and be right there. And I bet there are times this week God's going to say, can you get on the floor? wash this person's feet and not worry if the higher position people like you or not, but bring them 
something to cool them off, something to, to ease their pain, something to say, I'm with you. I see you. So I just wonder about this foot washing, you know? Jesus would say things like, the betrayer is among us, and then he washes his feet. Think to myself, when was the last time you washed somebody's feet that betrayed you? So because I had to pay attention to my own words, I actually sent a plant to somebody that betrayed me this week. I thought, well, they won't talk to me. I can't get them to answer my texts. I, I, I'm, I'm at peace as far as it has to do with me, but they won't talk. So I'm just going to send a peace lily. And that's, that's what I can do. I, I, you know, I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to analyze. I'm not going to try to explain it again. I'm just sending a peace lily. I just wonder if that's my natural inclination to try to make peace with someone who's betraying me, like Jesus, or if I still have a long way to go. And so you're going to have an opportunity this week to wonder about that yourself. Am I able to wash the feet even of the people who betray me? See, Judas was just like all the other disciples. I mean, he saw Jesus raise the dead. He saw Jesus heal the sick. He saw Jesus put coins in fish's mouth. I mean, think about it. He saw Jesus raise a little boy up at his funeral, and the little boy got to join the funeral procession. I'm thinking to myself, if I'd have seen all that with my own eyes, I'd have never betrayed Jesus. I hope that's true. Because, you know, Peter saw that too, and Peter denied him three times that night. And, and so I just say, Jesus is all about believing in people. So, you know, I think if I knew someone was going to betray me, I'd fire them before they betrayed me. Or if I knew you were going to betray me, I'd kick you out of the church first. You know, I mean, no, Jesus washes the feet of the betrayer. I want to learn to be like Jesus, my friends. I, I want to I err on the side of foot washing. <laughs> you know, teach me. Teach me, Jesus. When we think about this, when we think about the fact that we, will, we would wash the feet of people we love, you know, your best friend just had surgery, you'd wash their feet, but what about your enemy? See, I wonder if we're more prone to be like Judas or we're more prone to be like Jesus. I wonder if we're more prone to listen to Bible, you know, every Sunday and read our Bible every day, but if we're prone not to do what the Bible says, right? I mean, I think to myself, um, I, I know that there are so many scriptures that I don't yet live, and it's true of you too. And what are they? I mean, I could be following Jesus around for over three decades and still ignore when he tells me to give or serve or wash feet. And, and I still have a choice because God will never take away my free will. I'm always going to get to choose to follow the Bible, not just listen to the Bible. You know, I'm always going to get to choose that because God loves me. And I can't even get over that Jesus is pouring cool water on these dirty feet that he knows, like the dirty feet of the guy who just sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver, which is equal to a couple hundred bucks in our day. I mean, what would you sell Jesus out for? 
money, sex, drugs, position, power. What, I mean, I, you, you, only you and God know what your 30 pieces of silver are. And we want to say, God, but you wash my feet? Wow. I want to be like you. I want to keep becoming like you. And I love it that even though Peter's about to betray, and he says, hey, dunk my head, my hands, my feet, everything, Jesus is saying, you know what, Peter, I know your heart. I know what's going on in here. There was something different about Peter, that even though he was always making these outside blunders, something in here was saying, I really do want to follow you, God. You know, there's something, something that could happen right in this very moment to you if you just said to God in the silence of your own heart, I really want to follow you, Jesus. I really want to follow you. I love the scripture that says that those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Did you ever think about it like that? Those that wait on the Lord, like, show up. Can I take your order, Jesus? A lot of times we just think it's like, you know, wait, wait, wait. No, how, how can I serve you, Jesus? The Bible says Enoch walked with God faithfully and he was no more because God took him. Mary said, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Paul said, but by gr- the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. There's something about using your power and your influence to serve the world. Like, how could you do this for the household of faith? How could you get on board with Jesus? We stand with me. One thing I know about the scriptures is God will provide a way for me to actually be convicted by this word on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday. That actually, if I'm awake, something's going to show up where I know my ego wants to respond, and it's not the Spirit of God that wants to respond. You, does that, is any, am I in solidarity with anybody in the room? I mean, I, I know that it's going to show up because God loves me, and God's washing my feet on my worst day. And God is saying to us, Think about who you have power or influence over. And in what ways can you use that influence to serve them this week? This week. You know, the people that God will bring into your life. Our big idea is using power to serve others creates a better story for everyone, including you. Like when we serve, when we do that, you know what? You end up just feeling the grace of God in your life. You end up feeling it. I have a challenge for some of you. You might want to write a power autobiography or write a service autobiography about your life. Like, how have you used power, Jeff? Right? How have you used power, Holly? You know? And and only you and God know. Like, if I wrote the story of how I've used power in my life, it doesn't have to be a full book, but maybe a journal passage. What is your power? autobiography. And then maybe the next page, what is your service autobiography where you used your power to serve? And just see, just see how they can inform you about how God wants to meet you and wash your feet, how God wants to give you a new way to live. The thing that is, is, is 
unbelievable as one person said it Jesus was the most terrific person in history and Judas was the most tragic person in history and when I think about that and I think about the fact that Jesus washed his feet I, I just think you know Judas did not have to hang himself he could have been like Peter and said here's how I've used power the wrong way here's how I've forgotten how to serve and God, I want to I wanna walk with you and work with you and worship you. And so however you pray, if you bow your head or if you lift your eyes to heaven, however you pray, just breathe for a minute and know that if you're alive right now, God is saying, I'm washing your feet this morning. That I love you. I'm teaching you ways to live your life to create a better story. That your power and your influence can be used for good in ways you never could have imagined. Better than your best day. And as you're breathing, just take a moment and ask God to forgive you for the ways that you've used your power wrongly. Just even the power to make decisions and you've chosen sin rather than salvation. Ask God to forgive you and let God forgive you now. Because that's what the scripture says. All have fallen short of the glory of God. And then you can ask God even now, say, will you make me new? Will you make me like you? I want to learn every day of my life to worship and walk and work with you. And I know I'm going to stumble, but I want to follow. Can you tell God that? And then hear God. Hear God saying, you don't know what I've done for you, but you will later. You don't know all I've done for you, but you'll, you'll know later. And just begin to thank God for even what you don't know. And so, God, I send my friends out in the power of God, the power of service, the power of love, the power that creates a new heaven and a new earth. I bless my friends, and I pray that they would see your grace this week coming in them and through them, that they'd see your power coming to them and from them at every moment, that they'd walk with you and work with you. And I bless them Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, until we worship together again. Amen. Bless you guys.